Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Counter Charge. What is this madness? Middle of the day, or in the case of Ronnie, dinner time, or in the case of uh, Mr. Crozier, 5.30 in the morning or something like that? Yep. Still in my pajamas. You're welcome. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I won't show you my bottom half. Well, I was missing <laughs> a cool shirt. Problem. Uh, we're, we're always expecting the really nice shirt. I would have figured the pajamas would have been an opportunity to go extreme. I was expecting silk pajamas on you, Matt. <laughs> nice, nice smoking, smoking jacket, silk pajamas, and uh, you know, a cigarette in a, in a holder. Hello. Well, I've left that and the leather in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother, man. We, we, we thought during the, doing it during the day, we would, you know devolved to after dark but here we are here we are look when you know we keep we keep counter charge the podcast clean but we've never set restrictions on the youtube channel dave fanning uh is the first one to post hi ronnie and uh, uh first post awesome hi well, matt you want to get us get us rolling yeah sure well thanks for um thanks for joining us uh well what is tonight for you ronnie uh we're gonna have a yes. bit of a chat about you know, all things Kings of War, and we've got some questions about, you know, other other Mantic games, because, of course, you've had the, um, what, I mean, from the outside seems to be the successful release of Firefight. Um, yeah, very, yep. So uh, we've got a couple of questions around that and things as well. Um, of course, we've got the, the Big Red Book launching early. Now, oh, well, this is what I want to draw attention to. Is this the first early... Early shipping of a Mantic product ever? We will always know, yeah. So we've, um, we've, we've, we've recruited some talent and surprisingly everything started, uh, started happening. So we've got a guy from Rolls-Royce uh, who's just kind of got us organised. In fairness, Matt had got it sent away. I mean, if someone said to you, how was the pandemic? I said, boy, oh boy, did we work out that operations. You know, yeah. it might have looked like we kept a lid on it on the outside, but the disruption behind the scenes was just non-stop. And actually, I think the our release schedule suffered a bit for it because I was spending a lot of time just moving things around. And, and physically, I met, you know, release schedule items, but, you know, literally moving things from here to there and there to here and release dates and deliveries of Kickstarters. And, you know, boats just stopped. Then they started, you know, turning sideways in the Suez Canal and... So we've we've now got it. It's in. It's printed. We've started shipping it. If you've got your pre-orders, it is on its way. It's got all the stores to kind of go. Oh, better, we better order that then. So we'll actually have it on the release date for the first time. You know, um, yeah, early, exciting. Got a few flown in, uh, which we talked to Clash of Kings to all the people that have that have come down to the uh, to the Clash weekend. Um, so yeah, very 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 exciting. And I'm sure we'll talk more about it. Yeah, awesome. And and what was the what was the idea like from from your point of view? Like what what brought you to this idea of this amalgamation back into back into one book? Obviously, with the launch of third, um, it was well, I won't say always the intent, but it was the intent for quite a while that you would still have this split book. What brought you coming back towards just having a single book? 
Yeah. So it was. Um, I've just I was just posting on the Mantic page there that we're all up and running. So um, the it was a few things. What had happened is 2019, as we know, was supposed to be the year of recruitment and tournaments and the reset of three. As always, the first year of a new game when it actually the rubber hits the road. No matter how much play testing you do, and no matter how much uh, beta testing. Someone always finds a way of min-maxing something truly horrific. Um, and by the end of the year, tournament seeds, every army is reflected with a 17 chariots and four dragons uh, combination. <laughs> and so the expectation is the Clash of Kings year, book one, year one, book one, is always the kind of, okay, fix everything that's broke. And then, uh, and then from then on, you start evolving it through the through the edition you know you've got a few things that you've you've got uh, but of course that didn't happen in 2020 because no one could play any games mm -hmm. so um the 2020 book was um the one at the end of 2020 so 2021 we ended up just to help his rift it was a background book there wasn't a lot of new rules because we didn't have anything to write because we hadn't had 10,000 games of kings of war across america australia UK, Spain, Germany, France. We then added the Clash 2022 book was now both the year one book that never got written and, you know, you want to spice it up a bit. So by this point, we're, we're starting to play around a bit. So it was a kind of double whopper edition. But then we looked at 2023. We've got a few things we wanted to do. There's a few things that needed balancing. But also, by this point, if you go into a tournament... You're carrying a hardback book with 200 pages of background in it. You're carrying Uncharted Empires. You're carrying Clash 2022. You're then adding Clash 2023 and potentially help his rift. So we thought, well, five books is probably a bit much. We're not a company that demands that you have 57 books just to play one army. Um, you know, we... Uh, Oh, catty, sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, we just thought, well, come on, actually, you're going to give us 25 quid for Alpies, for the Clash book, or, or 20 quid or whatever it is. Give us a tenner more, and we'll get rid of all of those, put them all in one place, clean them all up, have all the FAQ, have all of the updates in one place, and then we've got a couple of years where we can just crack on again. Hmm. Um, and it kind of, in some ways, pushed the fourth edition further down the line because I don't think we need it because we lost that year as well. And actually, we want to go on a massive recruitment drive. We've got some great plastics coming through. We've released some great plastics over the last year or two. So actually, we just wanted to allow everyone that's gaming, get gaming, go crazy, have fun, one book, let's go. And also, for anyone new coming up or when people see the game, it's dead easy to get into. Here you are. And you know when you add in Ambush and Legendary, uh, you've suddenly got something quite compelling. And, and the ambush mm. stuff is kind of the recruitment stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, and we, we said on our, we did a, <clears throat> like we'd literally had the book for 10 minutes when we when we did a podcast on it. But, um, you know, Rob and I both thought that this is probably the most complete product that you've ever released for that reason, in that we nice. that that we felt that, you know, it's it's the first book that really has something for everyone. In terms yep. of that ambush, legendary siege, yep. that you yep. know whether it's the narrative or the competitive gamer, that yep. it's just it's just a complete book. So congratulations on that. 
Well, thank you. No, thank you. I'm glad you're pleased with it because I think it is just... A, and, it, and it's a... I think we'll be very proud of people saying, hey, what's this game you play? This, you know, and what's the hardest thing with Kings of War? I think is getting to the first 750 points. Mm. And in olden days, when you got to 750 points, you were still a thousand away from a game. Yep. And so, bonjour, <laughs> Ian. And, and on that, Ronnie, did, did you hope in the past that Vanguard would have been more of a gateway than what it has become and that, that Ambush is a little adjustment to that? Yeah. I mean, I was literally talking this about with Matt Gilbert literally two hours ago because for, for, for both those reasons. So Vanguard, I love the narrative uh, and, and playable part of the way that it meshes with the Kings of War game. It's the skirmishes before the battle. And I really love that. I think it's mm. wonderful. I think the rules were a little crunchy. They didn't quite flow in the same way as normally our games do. And that's usually, well, actually, Dead Zone 1 didn't. It wasn't until Dead Zone 2 that we really got it smooth. And I think by Dead Zone 3, it's incredibly smooth. Uh, it's a wonderful game. We've never had the Vanguard 2 yet. So it hasn't had that. You, you get them out, unless... You, the only the best way to refine a rule set is to get it out there, get it being played, and then say, "Hey, right, here's a better version of that, done in a better way." But what what became clear is that if you take a sci-fi game like Dead Zone and you paint twenty figures, you're on a round base, and you've got your Iron Ancestor and a, a couple of you know heavies and everything else, you are already halfway to playing a skirmish squad-based sci-fi game because you use exactly the same figures in the same configuration. Whereas with Vanguard, all you painted was your heroes. Mm. You you, you hadn't actually painted any units because you didn't use units. So both the game style and the miniatures that you collected took you that way and Mm. and Kings of Wars this way. (laughs) So it just didn't stack up. um, You know, we kind of, the narrative did, but the rest of it didn't. The miniatures, and actually it's the miniatures that's a time-consuming bit, and it's the gameplay that didn't flow. So I think in and of itself, it was a nice game. I think if we did it now, we could do it better. There's things we've learned for sure. You know, Matt was just running the studio, but it did a job, um, and it was good fun. I think people have enjoyed playing it, but it doesn't get that newbie in a store that's looking over your shoulder onto stage one other than perhaps introducing the Panathor or Night Stalkers or Basileans or the Northern Alliance. And, you know, and he did those things because it opened up, you know, two, three new factions for us. Mm. Whereas Ambush absolutely does do this. Mm. And what we've gone and done is we've gone back now, we've, now we've launched it. We've, we've got a, a new kind of, I say app, it's, I call it an app, but it's not, it's a website, but it looks like an app, but it's a web, and that's where we're going to give you the three rules. It's going to be a how to play Kings of War, build your armies, ambush. <laughs> Don't worry about 2,300 points, <clears throat> 350. And then we've got six sets coming out that are all plastic, hard plastic, that are, you know, like the new um, Empire of Dust. Here's a cavalry sprue, here's an infantry sprue, or two of each, 10 cavalry, uh, 20 infantry. Right, let's show you how to, 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 to not come in on 20 mil bases, come in with the regiment bases. 
so that you can literally buy a little box of minis, go to the app, and, and actually the code is going to be on the back of the box. It's going to say, scan here. Boom, there's your rules. Right, play. And I think for the first time, those people that want to have a little dabble can can do that without having to spend four months painting, gluing, sticking an army together. You know, in a Sunday afternoon, you can have those figures glued together and glued on a base and a few tufts and, and off you go. If you want to, within a week or two, you can be back at the game club in a slow grow. And then you had the fun stuff, you know, then had a hero, had a war machine. Oh, yeah, that's, oh, that's made it. That's, that's good fun. Um, so I, I think we can go on a massive recruitment drive with Kings of War in the new year in a way that absolutely leads you into the game itself, which is the hard but endless joy that is a mass battle war game. Because, you know, never mind, no two games are ever the same. They're never even alike. Mm. Yep, and I think from a marketing point of view, that makes complete sense, right? It's, I think those two releases just in themselves, you know, the most common question on Fanatics when someone joins is, you know, what books do I need to play the game? You know, well, now we can say just the one for now. Yep. Um, yep. And, and two, like another question that was frequent is how many points come in one of these starter boxes? So, you know, now yep. you can say, well, there's enough points to play a game of Ambush. So, you know, do yep. it, set if it up. Play a game and, and even with... Or two player sets, which were very popular. You got two half armies, but neither of them were enough points to play a game of Kings of War. Yeah. Um, we, you've got our Singaporean yeah. friends excited already, Ronnie, because you dropped six a six army um, note there. Can you can yeah, you so which more sticks? info on that? EOD, just go back to that because I think you've got mm. most of them. I've got less on my phone. I can drop. Oh, e- EOD, yes. Halflings, yes. Ogres, yes. Goblins. They're getting a chariot and the goblin sprues. Um, oh, um, <laughs> Night stalkers. Night stalkers. Um, Northern Alliance. Just so that Northern Alliance may be getting some juicy, juicy love in the middle of next year. Ooh. Uh, for a new unit. Mm. Very exciting. Uh, <clears throat> I've got it on my phone. And two more should be revealed. I think <laughs> well, with Phil Jorks, they will be the man on a second plastic kit. So we've tried to get armies with two plastic sets so that you don't just get 40 of the same figure. So the uh, ogres have the chariot and the goblins have the mincer. Um, Empire of Dust obviously have their cavalry and infantry. The goblin, uh, so, yeah. Yeah, are we saying That's we're getting cool. a plastic mincer, Ronnie? Is that what I'm hearing? Oh, oh, right. oh, 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 there we go. There it is. So, yeah, plastic mincer's on its way. Uh, that's going to come out, and it just gets rid of another of those. Um, you know, we're knocking out the resin, and we're knocking out the PVC wherever possible to yeah. um, to take it to hard plastic. And the new ogre's fantastic, absolutely gorgeous. I don't know if you've seen them, but thick, juicy legs and, mm. uh, and beautiful detail. I mean, I, I liked our old PVC, but these are 30% better. You know, they're just yeah. a better all-around miniature. And, and I, we've got a new tool maker. We're finding details that were on the tools that were on previous tools, but they never got picked up by the tool maker. Ah, right. So, so you're finding the move to Poland is improved. Not only have you changed to a different, slightly different material, but you're getting a better quality out of it. 
because he, he's a gamer and he's, a, he's an engineer and a gamer. Okay. And so he gets what's important mm. and therefore doesn't, doesn't do dumb things that make the manufacturing easier, does the harder things that make the end product better. Okay. Rob, you had a question around that. Yeah, so I, I, I do want to – yeah, we mm. were talking about Ambush. Been playing yeah. Ambush a lot. It's fantastic. It's the game we always wanted as an Great. Right. Oh, good. War. I'm pleased. But there are people out there that still want that crunchy, you know, uh, fantasy black ops, as you described it, Vanguard. What's the future yeah. for Vanguard? Are you guys going to continue Vanguard? There's probably two futures for Vanguard, I'd say. And there's one where – and this is me talking – I'm talking years here. We're not talking next week or next month. But we, we've we got a, a kind of mad idea for a um, – this is really bothering me now. There's a there's a city that vanishes in and out of the of, of world. It's a myth. It's not Brigadoon, is it? Anyway, um, and we're thinking that in one part of the uh, Panithor, there could be one of those somewhere over the northern wastes that drifts in and out. Um, and as it drifts in and out, you go in there to go and get your treasure. You know, there's there's wallstone. Actually, there's there's going to be things in there. Um, and that was going to be. You know, when the, with the Twilight King, there's going to be a whole lot of this focus on this void stuff. That's that's the kind of magic realm, and the Twilight King are seriously dark and seriously messed up. Um, so we've kind of got that one, and then we've got the the more Black Ops Vanguard. You know, going in, blowing up the weapons supplies, and setting off the, the that narrative around the game's game. Um, and actually, well, we've got a few crazy things going on at the moment. So, I mean, we're going to put out some Vanguard Halflings and Rift Forge Orcs, I want to say, in the next few weeks. So those that are still playing it can, can dive in and play with those. But I think it's definitely something that we will come back and revisit and potentially give it away as part of our, you know, app subscription and say, here you go, go get your figures and uh, play. You know, maybe it doesn't become a printed product, um, or, or maybe we dive back in again and say, okay, look, here's, here's 10 new bags of minis and here's a new rule book and here's a two-player set and let's go. Because, yeah, I mean, we're never short of ideas. It's the ability to turn those ideas into um, into products and, and get them out into the market that's the, uh, is the challenge. And how so, is the book, how's the book been received? I mean, obviously you had it at Clash of Kings. It was out. What's been the response? I think look, nothing other than good, good touch wood so far. I mean, um, we, 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 people coming up at Essen looking for you guys have had a look at it. And I think the one of the reasons why Uncharted Empires was a separate book was that we didn't know how psychotic lawyers were. Uh, and we didn't want anyone to ever turn up and say, you've got to bin all of your Kings of War rule books because it's got our army in it. And so in Uncharted Empires, we we put all the armies that people may have collected for a certain other previous rank and flank game, but we didn't do. Um, added a few more of our own and then said, here's a book, and if they tell us to put that in the bin, we can put it in the bin. You know, we've, we, but we don't have to scrap all of our actual rule books. Um, as it happens, I was probably just being oversensitive and I don't understand how the law works. But better to be safe than sorry and have some kind of disaster there. Mm. Uh, as time's gone by and as and as the armies have moved into our own direction more and more and more, um, but it, it's become a kind of moot point because there is no, there's obviously no 
direct connection between what we're doing now in Panathor and, and, and any games that people may have played previously with other miniatures. So it's just a, a, so we did we weren't concerned about that. So it allowed us to um, to finally bring it all in one book that until that point had been a, a challenge. And then the other thing, and is what I've, I've written a blog about, has not gone up. But the other one is, um, don't start an army that we don't have miniatures for. It's a, it was a, it was one of those. That's why I dropped Twilight King. I don't know if you saw it, but I did. I, I felt like we, when it was in Uncharted Empires, it was very obviously not Mantic. Mm-hmm. You know, you we know you've got that army. You bought it over there. We want to give you some more playtime. We want you to play our game. Um, we want you to play a game and welcome, come on in and we hope that over time we can inspire you to start playing with one of our armies and, and add steel behemoths and rock riders to your dwarf army you know, um, yep. and, and that's on us to make sure that you want to do that because the rules are cool and the models are cool but um, we it was getting to the stage where people were looking at these armies and going, I'm going to build a Twilight Kid army and I'm good my imagination, I'm gonna do this and that and the other. And then we're thinking, wait well, a second, that was you get you by. We're, we're gonna pick this up and we like the idea, but we're gonna do something crazy with it. And so we had to start I had to start saying, okay, just understand, you know, if you make a Kingdoms of Men army and we make a Kingdoms of Men army, it might be nothing like what you built. Your Kingdoms of Men was to allow you historical games to try Kings of War. Your Twilight Kid army was to allow you Dark Elf players to try Kings of War. Um, I mean, Dark Elf's a lovely range of minis, but that's not, we're not beholden to that. That isn't the IP we're going to create. We're going to go and say that's, so, you know, it's also thrown back some challenges on us that said, you know, we've got to be careful what message we're sending. That's why I said, if you're going to put it in our actual rule book, we've got to say that's kind of valid and we're prepared to stand behind it. Yeah, so <clears throat> would it be fair to say that this is almost a little bit of a, a signal from Mantic about your future direction that, um, you know, you are going to go your own way and so, you know, expect expect that, you know, you will be encouraged in some way to look towards Mantic for your models? I'm so, I mean, I think we've always been that way. Sometimes we've been more subtle than others and sometimes more through um, well-meaning and probably well-meaning incompetence on my part. Um, you know, actually, in the blog, I say, listen, if, there, if there's a hierarchy, I would rather you play Kings of War with someone else's models than not Kings of War at all. Mm-hmm. But above that, I prefer you played Kings of War with my models. Mm-hmm. For, I don't, for two reasons, because I want, uh, it helps us pay the wages of the 28 people we've got working for us, and mm-hmm. we can reinvest in the game and reinvest in plastics. And I've always said, even when I was you know, at the other place, Good hobby, good business. You need both. It's got to be a healthy hobby. If it's a toxic hobby, it's bad. If it's exploitive, if it's all about the money at the expense of the hobby, that's bad. But if you don't have a good business, then you're spending your time worrying about the business. You 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 you, you can't subsidise the hobby base for years. But if you're going nicely in balance, hobbyists, if they're playing your game, are happy to give you money. You know, if you make nice products, they say, look, I love what you're doing here. Have some cash, and then keep spending it on what you're doing. Keep doing it. And, and and look, I think from yeah, from my point of view, it's a completely re- reasonable you know direction to be moving further into. It's, it's that's where the creativity comes from. Mm. You know, I mean, I think the coolest things we've done with the dwarfs, for example, as you have to talk about them. That's my army, the steel behemoth. 
And that came away from us. What can we do that would be cool, that would be different? We got our first drawings and look like a go-kart. We said, no, 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 no. Let's go again. And then we said, well, what, what are dwarfs? They're big, they're slow. What animals are? Rhinos. Okay. Well, let's make a mechanical rhino. That's heavily armoured, you know. And then let's stick one of the do. They have guns on too. We'll stick one of those on top then. Mm. And then when you've yeah. got that, suddenly the drawing draws itself. And then you get this beautiful big thing that feels very dwarven. And, you know, I think and then you put the Brock Riders and the, the PVC, they're good. I think you sculpted them again now in hard plastic. They'd be wow. And we could do heavy and light variants. Uh, and I'm sure that will happen at some point. Uh, but, you know, suddenly dwarfs don't have cavalry. Oh, yes, they do. And so I think we've always kind of signaled that intent. But at times we've run forward and other times we've sometimes stepped backwards because we've written rules for armies we don't make that are better than the armies we make. And that's just kind of, you know, what we're doing here. We're, we're actively encouraging people to go scouring eBay. Um, mm. Oh, come on, let's... let's be I mean, it also comes back to that point, though, that, you know, I mean, we've highlighted many times before on the podcast, you are only a company of 28 people. So, yeah, like you said, you know, like you said, you encouraged all these people in, but then you've somehow got to cope with that. Um, yeah, correct. Yeah, and and yeah. that's why we just, and, and that's why that the pandemic was difficult for us because instead of Matt and I spending our time talking about next year's release schedule, we're talking about oh, crumbs. Everything started selling the web. You know, we sold a load of this, but none of that. What are we going to do about this? <laughs> oh, that boat's delayed. China's closed down. We've got to get an update out saying, sorry, your Kickstarter is going to be delayed. Mm. And we just, you're in firefighting mode. You know, we were, and then we're open. No, we're closed. No, we're open. We're doing a show. Oh, it's rubbish, you know, because there's no one there. Uh, what does that mean? You know, and, and you just weren't, and I think this is the first year where you know, it, it's felt like a, a, a pre-COVID year. And we're going into planning next year. And, you know, I've kind of never been more excited about the product. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, you probably tell from my tone of voice, but we're, I'm so <laughs> pumped about what we've got coming. The Kings of War book was brilliant. It was a really good piece of work by the RC. Um, pulled everything together. Matt delivered it. We've got it out there. It's in French now. It's in Spanish now. It's in German now. We were at Essen last week. Kings of War's in German. Suddenly, people that prior would walk past because they don't speak English because we're in Germany at a German show. Mm. Is stopping and going. I've heard about this. Tell me more. Photography. Mm. I've heard about this. Can you tell me more, please? What is this theater um, of war? Yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> you, you, you spoke about creativity and things, and and the next, you know, twelve months. Uh, we've got the question on the screen here. Have yeah. you got a hint of like? Because obviously, as like as far as the book goes, I know you're leaving it on the on the new app for a little while until you get yep. closer. Um, yep. You got any hints on where you're taking Twilight Kim? Yeah, so what we started doing is, that, what is it? What's what's going on? And one of the things that we invented, you know, Matt invented with Fevered and Dark, Dark Soul, um, was the Night Stalkers, which came out during Vanguard. And that's what we said, you know, there's a lot of positives that came out of here. And this whole, uh, and then like The Void, and then we started saying, well, let's talk more about the void and, and, and interacting and dancing. And, and and if you're a little bit dark, a little bit twisted, you're attracted to the dark things and the dark side. Um, well, how about these guys go in there and they start messing around in there and this starts affecting them and it starts getting inside their blood and their bones and their, their spirit 
What about if they're actually slave drivers? Because that's quite powerful. But they go into the void to get night stalkers and bring them out to be their cannon fodder and their chaff. But actually, they also find certain ones that they want as their pets. And pets, you know, like Rottweilers and Pitbulls, you know, fighting pets. They're, but the longer you stay, the more affected you get. And so you get these eternal, elven, dark-souled people spending longer and longer and longer in the void doing goodness knows what in a goodness knows what way and how does that affect them and what does it mean to them? And, oh, my God, let's start concepting that. Okay. And, uh, you know, I like the idea of them. Uh, think Marilyn Manson um, on uh, 10 foot, 12 foot tall, uh, walked even more, walked even more slightly weird looking and then start playing around with that in whole numbers of ways, chains, yeah. leathers, night stalkers sat on their shoulders and around them and around their feet and we're about halfway there. Yeah, so we might see oh. something like a unit range where, you know, the different units uh, might be how much or how little they've been affected so far by the void. It could yeah. be. And it might be that the army that fights could and it, and it could be just the stuff that's been in there for ages mm. because, you know, there might be a lot of the not of them. And that's why it's early stages. I don't know how it's going to play out. But don't expect, you know, six-foot-tall spearmen. Yeah. It's not going to happen. You know, we're, right. just, we're, just, right. we're just miles away from there. And that's when I looked and I... I started talking about I was getting super pumped and I said, you can't put you can't put this in the book. It's all written, it's all there, that's where it's on the app. So we can't because if someone runs out and buys that army and we put it in a book and then I have to turn up in six months' time and say, Yeah, throw that in the bin. We haven't got that. And I don't know if that's necessarily gonna be the case. It might just be, well, you can use it, but you're gonna add this, or it could just look totally different. So I realized we were going on a long, long, long way. You know, Empire of Dust is dry skeletons. It's a bit more, and we'd also done them in metal. What we added was the cool, funky stuff. The, so, and this was going to be very different because I thought we really, we really wanted to do something unique and exciting. And wow! Mm -hmm. And I think the halflings. We did that brilliantly with the halflings. You know, here's the iron pig. Here's the grenadiers. Here's the guys on the back of their troll harvesters. How cool is that? And I thought the RC and the sculpting team nailed it. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think they've done a cracking job there. And I think the only reason we haven't seen more on the table is everyone's still building them. I know yeah. for uh, Clash of Kings Australia next year, there's about, I, I reckon we're up to six people building armies who are already signed up, um, who yeah. will all bring halflings. So, I, I mean, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if that is currently one of your highest seller, selling armies. Um, oh, yes, but, it's been brilliant. Yeah, yeah no, and it's a great, perfect, one of those classic great hobby, great business things. We spent mm. the money on the plastics. The money came back. We were able to spend it again. Um, it was very creative. I think it became halflings until that point had always been, for in all fantasy, you know, you've got a kettle on your head and you've got your, you know, your pans and your dustbin lids. And I said, we are not doing that in plastic. You know, there's mm. just no way. They're an army. Mm. turning up to fight what are they going to be and how are they going to be a force because just a lot of little teeny top like mm. fast dogs charging around biting you okay and now get your iron pigs get your they just use anything they can to get in there and and they're, you know, the, the charm of this army is it's it's kind of crazy you know balloons mm. rocket launchers semi semi uh 
semi-technical, uh, technological, but with a whole heap of um, of kind of irreverence, goblin-esque yeah. irreverence. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's cracking. Um, we'll take a slight diversion before we come back to some army stuff, but we've already talked about the app, right? And the app yep. being, uh, I think, uh, my understanding is that it's going to be a number of things, right? What what can you what can you tell us about the app, which I'm assuming will launch? Well, Burma's not here, so he doesn't yeah. have a handler. So yeah, that's right. I'm off the leash. Well, supposed to be filming a video on this in the next couple of days, so you won't get it as a world exclusive. Um, but the app's a fantastic web website. We are going to have. We've been working with Greg over at Easy Army, and he's great, but it's not his full time thing. You've got other gigs, and then we've got so. First and foremost, it's an army builder. You know, that's the cornerstone of it. It's, uh, it's an army builder. You'll get a couple of free armies if you're you know, not subscribed. Um, you'll obviously get infinite if you subscribed. Um, then what? Okay, so then you've got every army. It's always updated because we're working on it. You know, We'll have the book. So on the day the book goes live, the app get, has all the information. Next, Math Hammer. You've got all of your math hammer. This unit fights this. You expect this many hits. You've got you've got those stats. So when you're building your army, you can you can start being a bit more scientific about it, which is very good for people like me because I don't understand any of those type of things. I know they exist, and then anyway, for me, I can phone Kyle up and say, "Just send me an army list and tell me how it plays," and then leave the back page on the printer and forget to actually read it and get beaten. But anyway, not everyone else has that facility of calling the Kyle. So they, um, so your math hammer allows you to start tinkering with it. It's got tournament uh, organizing stuff. So we know some, there's some out there, but it's also, you know, we, we forget because you, you know, Matt, I know you run them and obviously many, the people are just getting started and there's 10 of them and they want to just run a little tournament. And then you say, look, here's my subscription, put your army list in, send it to me. And then I can just run a tournament for you. And you can play, you know, four V four and it'll all do it for you and click. So there's a whole heap of functionality there that just allows us to bring all that into one place. What's nice is we can then say, Hey guys, if you've got a Mantic army and you're running a tournament, have some tournament support, you know, and some of that data is coming back in about who's using what and what's going on. And um, I don't really understand data, but I've read and heard it's very important. So we'll have some of it. And, uh, and people you know cleverer than me. Use it. Yeah, correct. People cleverer than me. I think I think as much for the rules as the business. I think yeah. Um, yeah, I think on, on paper it all sounds very clever, and you can do all these things in real time. And I have no idea what that means. But if you make cool models, people buy them. Um, but I think they can, you know, okay, what, when they come to run, what, what's the stat line or what's the, is, is it something OP? Why is it always getting picked and things like that? We can have a look. Um, so, yeah, I think so those are some of the things. It's going to have from day one, you can either just go, I'm only interested in Kings of War, I'll just take a Kings of War app uh, subscription, or, uh, and the Living Rule Book, it'll have the Living Rule Book. So if we have uh-huh. FAQs, in you go. There it is. So it's bang up to date. It's all active search as well. So um, because it's built into some clever sci-fi way, you know, if you search the word, it'll give you all the ways you can find it. It's just not a PDF. You know, it's um, um, it's built in that way. 
and Dead Zone and Firefight. So you've got proper army lists and army building for all of those, tournament for, for all of those. And so everything all in one place, all on your phone, all on your laptop. And Armada will be coming in the new year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. so this is more of a way of bringing it all under the official Mantic banner as well. Yeah, I'm polishing it up, you know, and yeah. making it slicker and better and someone that's working on it three days a week all the time. Yeah, Every... I mean, uh, um, Gad makes a comment here. I mean, I think Elliot has signalled it on his website. He's got a banner saying, you know, that he's is going down and it's moving. Um, yeah. But it's essentially, it's exactly yeah. it's essentially exactly you're that. taking a cleaner version of his product, right? He's done some work on it and he's... Done tons of work in the background. It's going to yeah. look... Very different. Ellie's come joined us. He's a good coder. He's a good. Uh, he's great at what he does. He loves what we're doing, and he's going to help us. You know, he's um, you know, savant on that kind of stuff. So, yes, mode is very similar to that, but way better with lots more functionality. Everything we've been building for the last three months, and we've left that up because if you're playing and if you're using that at the moment, um, it would be a bit rotten if we took it down just as you go off to a tournament or something. Mm. So. Um, and but, so it sound, sounds like we'll see a phasing out of Easy Army into this. Yeah, in fairness, Greg has been brilliant and he's lovely. And we said, well, we can, you know, absolutely we'll support you, Greg. You know, you've got these subscriptions and everything else. And he went, listen, it's a whole heap of work and you've got your own thing and I can see you can spend more time doing it. Now let's just let's just migrate everybody over. So okay, quite so quickly. there will be a migration, we'll, we'll, will there? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, we can't make people do anything they don't want to do. Mm. Um, but I, I, I think we'd love people that are on that monthly mm. to jump over. We're going to give you uh, some time free so that you get to play with it. So even if you keep your easy army, but I think easy army will date quite quickly. I think the new stuff's up there, but you know, whenever the next book comes out, you know, is Greg going to spend hours and hours and hours and hours going through filing all the changes, putting all the changes, getting them all in? Um, and ours have you know, already been done months before. So hopefully people will move across. Um, that's that's certainly the intention. And um, the, the more the better, because you know, the more we're on one platform, the more you can compare army lists, send them here. Um, you know, We ran Clash of Kings on the tournament um, software last week, which was really good, worked well. Ellie learned a lot from it. There was a whole load of when the rubber hits the road <laughs> feedback. And I'm sure there'll be more. Um, and we've got things like, you know, that allow us to throw rankings up. Who's the best Goblin player in the UK that's been to our tournaments, that's got that's used the tournament or whatever. So it's not going to be the rankings because other people use other software at the moment. But over time, it would be great fun if it was good enough that actually it was used at the Clash of Kings Oz and the Clash of Kings UK. And then, you know, you start getting this, this playoff of who's the best Goblin player in the world. Who's the best dwarf player in the world? Who's the best night stalker player? Who's the best, um, you know, halfling player? Um, what's the favourite unit? You know, what's the, you know, wh who's been picked at the most times? Uh, you know, so there'll be a, a kind of fun database that we can dip into and hobby hey, here's the top 10 army lists or, you know, is that, as voted by you, here's some here's, here's the army list. Which ones do you like best? We can have some fun with it. You know, you guys can can dive into it and have a look at it. Well, I, I guess it gives you that more real time feedback to your audience, doesn't it? And I mean, the benefit of a the more people the, the benefit of the more people that subscribe is the more sustainable and the better it can become, right? 
Correct. Absolutely. And, it, and it's a, it is a feed-the-beast kind of situation. And, you know, a few quid, three or four quid, but very cheap to have them all. You know, we've mm. uh, yeah, unashamedly incentivized you to give us a couple more quid and have all our games so that when you're in the ecosphere for £2 a month to less than $2 these days at the current exchange rate and the shit show that is the English pound... Um, <laughs> It's, it's still uh, it's still ten bucks Australian, mate. So that yeah, it's not our fault, you. And it will just be look because also when we're doing something dead zone, we want to show it off. We want to talk about it. You know, we're doing a dead zone campaign. And if you like Kings of War, you know, you're going to love Firefight mm. because you're going to love the cleanness. You're going to love the the fastness. And there's a lot of people that were you know picked up Firefight, have never played any of our sci-fi games, and went. This is pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is good fun. And there's, you know, there's quite a lot of that building on that. So we want you kind of in so we can talk to you and keep investing in it and keep making it better. And um, and I think, I don't want to take too much, but I th- I've got some pretty bonkers ideas for the things we can do. And um, I think some of them are going to be pretty wowsy. So, yeah, I, I I think it's a good direction to go in, particularly that living rule book. I mean, I think that's, yeah. a, that's a big sell particularly if you put it on the subscription only you know that's a that's a big that's a big sell for the subscription i think is that yeah. that living rule book yeah. um yeah absolutely um and, and we can actually get pre you know we can hint at some other pre um you know <clears throat> pre-published stuff happen you know you can get early access inside the app to some of the things that might be in the book later on the year so i think with the halfling army if you remember we put that out mm. Well, you know, if we wanted to do that in the future, you could have that inside. Here you go. Look at this. I will play around with this. No, no, um, this it allows us to do cool things. And, and I think we're, right now we're focused on releasing it, releasing it well, making sure it's not buggy, making sure that if there is anything wrong with it, we fix it in your free period, you know, so that by the time we ask you to say, look, can you give us a few quid? People go, yeah, absolutely. It's a great app and I'm happy to do that. What's the timetable for the digital version of the book? Obviously, the, the, the big one is shipping a month, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to ship in the new one. I think you're probably shipping today, tomorrow, yesterday we started shipping. So by the end of next week, everything should be shipped physically. We want to let the stores have it so that people stores that have pre-ordered it don't get gazumped by an electronic version. Um, I think people have made the choice whether they're having paper, electronic, or both already. But it doesn't feel good for a store for someone to come in and go, ah, look, I've already got it, you know, mm. well, thanks, why did, I, why did I bother buying it? So we'll give them a week or two. We'll make sure they're all shipped, all sold, on the shelves. Everyone's got a chance to get it paper-wise. And, and by far, you know, we sell far, far more print versions than we do digital. You know, it's a, a factor of 100, you know. Mm. But it, it, there's others that like it because of the... Of the um, Having it, having it digitally, being able to carry it around with you. You know the rule, but you read it. And then, um, so, yeah, month. And I think we're going with the app on 1st November. Awesome. Website. Yeah, awesome. only a couple of weeks away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's, it's, it's going there. So it'll be up and running and, and, and yeah. getting feedback. It's quite a good time because we've almost just got to the end of the gaming season. Mm. And it'll be, and we've got a couple of months to make sure anything that's not quite right gets worked on and make sure it's right for... It's January. Let's go again. And I, I do have to say, Ronnie, you know, kudos to Elliot. I've talked to him a bit recently, and he's always been very open to feedback. You know, whether Great. it's 
you know, I'm already doing this. Oh no, I haven't thought of that. You know, what does this do? And yeah, so you know, definitely. Yeah, well, that's that's you, Fuma. Thank you. And we we definitely have that January, early February uh, time to make sure that anything that when the rubber hits the road doesn't quite work, Elliot can work on it. You know, and he's yeah, he's yeah. Nice thing that, so. with, with the book being released. What are we looking for next year? Are you going back to the model of there's going to be a separate Clash of Kings next year, or are you just yeah, probably yeah, probably later in the year. But we don't know what the app means. You know, the, the app means we don't have to. I mean, I think we will because I think it's a nice getting a book in your hands and sitting there and reading it with a cup of coffee on a Sunday morning is quite joyous. And um, I think the app is more functional than than uh, a pleasure. But yeah, I think there's certainly no. Kings of War print planned until this time next year. Mm. Yeah. But I think by next year there will be, and Matt was telling me, and I'm, I'm not going to tell you, and I've forgotten anyway, um, but they're working on something cool and then that allows you to, oh, I know what it is now, yeah, I'm still not telling you. Um, <laughs> but it, it's, it's cool, but yeah, a year from now we'll have a Twilight King will be launching and the book will be coming out, and I think we'll do a whole section on the Void and magic and, and what that looks like because it'll tie into other Twilight Kins and the Night Stalkers who are also getting new plastics. Awesome. So it's going to be a kind of three-way scrap between Northern Alliance, Night Stalkers and Twilight Kin. will be the story of next year. Well, you talked about the future being super exciting for Kings of War. Is it more exciting yeah. to be a fan of Kings of War or a fan of Man City? <laughs> well, Kings of War because Man City is you know, a given. We're going to win the league. <laughs> we'll win more than below European Cups, and we'll get knocked out in the latest stages of the European Cup as every single bloody year we do. Pep picks his bizarre team, or Real Madrid decide they're not going to lay down and die. So, yeah. Well, let's get in. Let's talk about some of these armies. We get lots of questions. Uh, oh, before we get to that, though, I got to ask you, what's up with historicals? We get asked that all the time. When's the historical book coming out? So give me your your, your stock patented Yeah, answer. sorry. It's one of those things that it kind of, with the 3.5 and everything else, just got lost. Um, and then it kind of came up, and it seems like everyone wants it. If you want it, I'll do it. If everyone wants a historical book, um, it's not hard. I'll just I'll just go and make it happen. If you, uh, if you, should we, should we start a, should we start a, a poll or something? Yeah, I, th- I think on the thousand. Magic website, start a poll and see if there's enough people that have interest yeah. to make it economically justifiable to, to pull it out. Well, well yeah, I mean, a, I mean, one thing there though it's is kind of one of those things that hardcore fans that have a bent to write rules want to write it. You know, we've already got the army list from the last time round, so they just need rebalancing and relooking at. So, um, if we're excited for it and it makes sense, then uh, I suppose it's not. Well, I guess that's something the app can give you, right? Is that real time again data, even though you might yeah. not know what it does, Ronnie, but you know, that it can <laughs> it can, you know, you could do some sort of real time poll via your subscribers who already showed by being subscribed that they're mantic engaged. So yeah. 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 Well, and um Steve Hill Drew goes go stuff yourself, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly why. That's yeah, exactly but I, why. But I do love him. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, let's get into talk about some of these armies. We have, this is just one of many, many comments about elves. Any elf love coming? I mean, obviously Twilight King, we talked at length about, but what about regular vanilla elves? You got anything coming? I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to. So in fairness, Matt is hassling me on dwarves and elves because he wants to get rid of the, of the figures within the round bases. Um, and at the moment, I'm being quite stubborn and saying, look, let's finish off the armies we've got. We've got kind of three things we need to do. We need to 
complete out the armies that we have. And one of the things that Carl often says to me is, Ron, I really want to build a Trident Realm army, but I can't. There isn't models in some of the ranges. Uh, those that there are are in resin, but I need hordes of them, and therefore they're 120 UK pounds, now 100 US dollars, and 4,952 Aussie dollars. <laughs> so, um, you know, that it... It just doesn't quite work. And therefore, we have to go, okay, so let's pick six and make sure they are perfectly fit for purpose. They play well. They look well. Everything is available for them. Everything is available in the right kind of format. And let's finish those off. Um, and those are the six that I've obviously instantly forgotten. Uh, but we talked about anything. Uh, dwarf hammer. Um, and then you've got... Um, so, so there's that kind of that, and I think that's the short-term wins. Is fin- you know the halflings are all but finished. If they're not, let's finish them. I think they're done. Empire of Dust was complete. Northern Alliance is complete. We've got a bit in PVC. There's a pit that don't quite work. Okay, and we've invented a new unit for them, which is super cool, which might have dwarfs on it. So there's the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. Uh, might be very free dwarfy, uh, kind of, just mm-hmm. just different. Um, um, uh, oh, it's got wings. You guys, I saw it. He's got wings. So it's oh, got some kind of, maybe it's a bat or a bird. Yeah, yeah. Is it a plane? Is it a dwarf? The Rick Misfire doesn't get these leaks. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, they don't get up to 530. That's the problem. Yeah, I'm on them next. I've saved the good stuff for them. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, so dwarf, we'll get some love that way. And then I think we will be going through our legacy armies our own legacy armies but we've got you know again i think when we go back to dwarves we go free dwarves are going this way imperial dwarves are going that way and i think you know i was looking at the dwarf clansmen from the northern alliance army and they felt far more like free dwarves to me than than the ones that are currently at you know so we've got to be clever and then go okay well, can we make the sprue Free dwarfs with round shields and wooden shields and heavy armor, but a kind of more mountain feel. And the imperial dwarfs, far more tabards and and uh, your triangular shields. And or, or should it just be two different sprues? You know, it might be slightly we'll one of them. Dwarfs, but if we can have more yeah, dwarfs, I mean, why can't we just get rid of, of the imperial all? dwarves? The, the free dwarves uprise, they wipe out Gallic and the whole the whole caboodle, kitten caboodle. Yeah, oh, God damn, a lot of them. Yeah, well, I painted an army, that's why. And then looking very imperial dwarf. Just needs a new general. Just needs a new general that's subjugated the rest. That's right. Now they're free. Now they're free. Now they're free to do what they want at any old time. Um, Love them. So, yeah, so so it's like, and again with the elves, how can we really make sure that this time they're not Marmite? Everyone goes, wow, we can see what you're trying to do and you've done it. And I think, yeah, you know, go in detail and people have paid to I mean, I guess from a marketing point of view, it's it's a space that already has a lot of work, isn't it? So it would be hard to be unique. Like there's other ranges, there's heaps of STL ranges for resin printing. I'd, I'd yeah. imagine like when I think about that, I think about, well, for Mantic, you know, it would be really hard to put something out that go, well, this is so different, you should buy ours, you know? Yeah, well, and also the stepping off point for... The stepping in point into Panithor, 
the old days we used to be humans, it's now elves, dwarfs, and goblins. Mm. You know? But what we've then done with each one of those is we've gone, hey, dwarfs ride brocks and they go around with steel behemoths and they've got guys that fire fire, you know, flamethrowers from their mech suits. So we've kind of taken the standard trope and just evolved it. But when we were writing the first and second editions of Kings of War, it was only dwarfs, elves, goblins, orcs. You know, we were very vanilla. You know, Abyssal Dwarfs is probably the furthest as we'd gone. Then, then we did a Basileans and Abyssals, which was red versus white, good versus bad. We started to spread our wings. But now the stuff that's really exciting is Northern Alliance, is Night Stalkers, is, is our take on Twilight Kin. But if you try to do that to elves in a standard way, well, they're no longer stepping on point then. And they're no longer really elves because we all know what elves are because we've been brought up with them. Mm. They're tall, haughty, arrogant, pointy-eared, mm. you know, not as good as dwarfs. Mm. So I think we have to be, we have to honour the starting points mm-hmm. um, and then push them in our direction. But the things that are really becoming what Panathor's about, the magic is all about nature and, you know, the, the earth elementals, the stone elementals, the water elementals, the naiads, the trident realms, Trident Realms coming to Man of War, uh, Kings of Armada next year. So, um, yes. So, you know, it, it, it's that stuff that, and, and like with the old world, it started as as um, as Tolkien and then it evolved. And it's the evolution stuff, it's the exciting stuff. It was yeah. then in it. Do you see you embracing a way that you could easily fill out armies like Trident Realms? Like, because there's not. Yeah, there's not, well, there's we not did, heaps missing from Trident Realms, right? No, and it, so interestingly, when we were talking last week, we went to this toolmaker. He's got some new ways of doing it. And we're looking at it. This is so, and this is one of the dilemmas. You know, I'm just letting you inside, you know, behind the curtain here. But you go right, Trident Realms. It's one of ours. We've got the Naiads. They're really unique and good fun, and they're a great, you know, modelling hobby thing. You can put water around their feet with the resin. You know, that's cool and. Um, there's nothing else really like it in the way that it fights. And, and then you go, let's add River Guard and Pachyderms. Pachyderms, everyone loves. River Guard are super cool. They're a pain in the ass in metal. And now what you've got is more infantry. We've done them, but you know what? Everyone hates building and painting. Mm. What you want is crabs and, and, and things with howdlers on things of crabs, of, of, of guns on... And so what we, you, you've got to be very careful you don't do is complete out the army in a worthy way that everyone goes, yeah, I don't want to, I, they look great, but mm, that's 300 troops. <laughs> so we've got to be able to come at it and go, right, we're going to add those troops, but we're also going to add this cool, crazy thing. That's going to mean you go, holy shit, I have to have this army. Mm. And then you paint that. And because you go out and you put the army, you start gluing the other bits together, and before you know, you've moved it on a bit. And it's a it's a journey. I think the thing is, like you said with halflings, there's lots of people, lots of people have them, but with the journey between buying that box set and being tournament ready, not mm. even building it, painting it, because then you need to play it ten times. Because mm. you know you're going to go to clash, and I want to do pretty well, so you know. If, you, if you're six weeks away and you're still only half built, you might be finishing painting it the night before, or you might think, screw it, I'm going to take my goblins. 
because I know how they play. I'm actually just going to add that wing slasher to it with a howder. I'm going to add that. I'm going to add a giant to it. And I've done those two paint jobs, and, and I know how they play. And I'll play two games with my buddy, and I'll, I'll have worked my units out. And then I can have a good weekend where I don't have to think too hard, and I can just drink beer. So, yeah, something you said earlier, Ronnie, was you're going to circle back and you're really going to focus on filling out the ranges for your established armies, a topic that uh, gives lots of consternation out there, which is army consolidation, right? We've talked about it at length. Oh, there's too many armies. Is 20 armies too many? Like, what, what, you know, what's, what's the um, owner of Mantic? What's their, yes, too many and, and, and yes, too few. <laughs> He's one of those kind of same, 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 same. You know, does does the free dwarfs, imperial dwarfs narrative start creating cool dynamics in our minds and start creating the story of Panathor? Yes. Whereas actually, prior to that, there was imperial dwarfs and, and it was just dwarfs. You know, they were kind of dwarfs. Does um, the putting the brotherhood and breaking it apart and putting it as part of the green lady. And then others that are kind of mercenaries working for the Basileans to, to fight against the abyss because they don't want to do the dirty work themselves. All of this starts to create narratives, you know, and, and you know, a, a vanguard faction of brotherhood that are kind of slightly down at heel, haughty knights that can no longer, you know, the, the equipment's getting slightly shabby, but they, they've still got that kind of, luster of brilliance about them I mean, what what a vanguard unit that mate you know how or a, you know a, a faction of a couple of guys on the horses um and the retinue behind them carrying their stuff with them and kind of going into to bring. so i think it's one of the things i'm mildly in favor of is kind of all armies are equal but we're going to make some more equal than others Well, I I actually think Night Stalkers is a perfect example of that, right? I mean, they've had to knock them slightly on the head with this new book, but, you know, it is probably the best playing army in Kings of War. And, and like, I I, I don't think that's a bad thing for something that you make basically the whole range for. So um, I don't think anyone could – you're not doing it to a level like some other manufacturers where, you know, in a month there'll be something bigger. It's not destroying the game. But it, and it's an easy army to paint, you know. You can get it together. We've got new plastics coming in to replace uh, the, the, the butchers and the um, the guys. Um, it, it, it's all plastics, uh, so they can then get their ambush set. And and it's I played a couple of games of Kings of War with my old dwarf elf Empire army. I love it. What should I do? Well, do, do, do Night Stalkers. You'll be competitive. They're easy to paint. They're a nice range. They've got a great storyline behind them. Oh, yeah, okay, I'll do that. Mm. Uh, butchers, I think, is yeah. the word you're looking for. Butchers. Butchers. <laughs> butchers. The Night Stalker butchers. Yeah. Butchers, you've got those. And, what, and, and, what, and, like, what yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, mate, at least you've started calling them Night Stalkers. So yeah, I was like, where are, we gonna, where, where are the night crawlers? <laughs> Another thing you touched on was going back and trying to get rid of the uh, the old style model that had the integrated round base that Aramis, one of the questions he said, hey, w- when are we going to get new basing? You know, he hopes that at some point you just go with 
you know, maybe give unit basing or at least just MDF squares. I guess you could talk to this, but I mean, if you get rid of the uh, some of those old units that have those yeah. integrated basing, then you don't need those special bases anymore. And, and maybe Correct. that's a... So actually, and, and, um, so the ambush sets, because all of them are going to be new plastic, so that none of them have the, you know, penny base, um, will come with units, I mean, MDF at this point, unit bases. And one of the things I'd love to do, and I don't quite know how to make it yet, but it, why, why not? Why not unit bases with texture already on them? You know, wouldn't that be cool? Mm -hmm. Can we tool that? And that's something that I think um, at some point we can say, hey, buy an army deal. You're never going to, you know, I, I've talked about it. It's kind of old hat now about that journey from the 20 mil base to gluing 10, 20 mil bases onto a 200 by, uh, you know, 40. Two, why am I doing that? Let's make a beautiful base. And stick my fingers on it. And when I did my dwarf army, as I'm sure you guys have done, I spent ages clipping all of the, um, you know, things off them and then gluing them down. So we've cut that bit out. Um, so well, I think yeah, the texture base decreases the barrier to entry just again, doesn't it? You know, yeah. it's it's like you know we can make glue it, it down, be done with you it. You know, not playing. not as artistic as as maybe some people, but you know, here's something that's going to look really nice. Go. Yeah. The thing that makes the armies look beautiful at Clash, there was there, there was. There was, I mean, it was brilliant. It clashed last a couple of weeks ago. Almost all the armies were mantic, which was brilliant. It was that kind of nudge direction that people have picked up on. And I've always said, it takes two years from starting it to having it clash ready, you know? Mm -hmm. They'd done it. They wanted to win the prize. They also just wanted to show it off, and they, they were there. And there was four beautiful, themed, well-painted armies, Those the Night Stalkers, Crawlers, um, in the house, I don't know if you saw that one. I'm sure you saw that one, which was just gorgeous, very thematic. Yeah, was, Matt's army looked really awesome. Yeah, yeah Matt, really it was just cool. amazing, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Steve Hildrews, really strong themed. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't uh, compliment Steve here. Sorry, actually, you're like I mean, a purple on orcs. What's he thinking? Ridiculous. I don't know. Uh, terrible. Anyway, he lost. Matt was much better. And <laughs> um, we then had. Who's oh, the guy? And he done. A, he always does a really beautiful army every year. His was really good. Oh, I've got a picture of that. And um, John Greener brought his over from the US. That was really nice. And then there was one that broke my heart because it was really nice. It was beautifully painted. He had these trees with lichen on them, but it wasn't Mantic models. And I was like, ah, oh, that's lovely, but it's dead to me. So, um, <laughs> so anything that we can do because I think, but you know what? They all had in common their bases. And the color schemes made them armies. Yeah. And actually, um, I don't know if Kyle's listening. If you're listening, Kyle, you should be on the phone selling Mantic models to people. What are you doing? Unless you're doing it later, in which case, excellent. Um, but he stood in my office last week when he was over, and he, he looked and he went, this, this dwarf army, is this, this yours? I said, yeah. Did you paint it? I said, yeah. yeah. Quite nice. <laughs> so uh, it was the incredulity <laughs> yeah. but what made it nice is not my painting skills by any stretch because you know I glued I built the base I glued the models I glued them on the base I sprayed it black and I painted what you could see mm. what brought it together was mm. bases broke the line they had a strong theme and they had a colour scheme and mm. you know if he picked any one of them up he'd have probably vomited in his own mouth and said, mm -hmm. yeah I'm going with that tactic now, actually. I do the base coats, and then I'm gluing them onto the base and only highlighting 
the bits I can get yeah, to. Yeah, base coat the whole model, but just highlight what you can see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I think what you what you then get, particularly if you ink and wash, um, if you ink and what you know, I'm washing, I'm, I'm thinking them down. I like quite grimy. Um, I'm sure. Oh, that, oh, oh, that's him, is it? Mm. Um, and uh, horrible thing. And um, purple. And it was um, yeah. We unfortunately the thematic because that's that's what you that's all you can do because you can't you can't get distracted by starting painting their inner thighs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you did say it takes two years to get an army table ready. I don't think that I think that means you have not met Jeremy, our co-host. What you're saying just makes sense. Because <laughs> yeah. I yeah, think yeah. he's a more of a six-year kind of guy. Just so you know. Yeah, so if yeah. you ever if you ever have a role for a hugs ambassador, that's what Jeremy wants. Yeah. A what, sorry? Hug? A Mantic Hugs Ambassador. I know, hugs it sounds ambassador. weird, but it's his words. <laughs> yeah, he's from California, so... Yeah, he loves the hugs. Bring it on in there. Yeah. We, like, we like him, he's a lovely man. Yeah. <laughs> we, we talked a lot about old armies. I would be remiss if I didn't ask what 50,000 people are asking. Is Ophidians still on your radar somewhere? I know we got 28 armies, we don't really have room for new, but Ophidians, are they... Are they Somewhere in Ronnie's head. Well, you will when you pull off elves completely. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. they're past Ronnie's head. They're in. They're in Matt's head. Um, okay. Absolutely yes. Uh, and and um, and another. And then Matt's got the name, but I can't even pronounce it. Army. And that's why we want to kind of work on this thematic that allows you to go. Here's this army, and here's this king that allows you to unlock this range. But. The continuation of what we've started with the halflings, what we've done with the night stalkers, what we've done with Northern Alliance. Every iteration, we want to move the world and open up the map. And so, at some point in the medium distant future, a whole other section of the map is going to reveal itself and the people that live there. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, now, we've got this really good comment, uh, Ronnie, which is kind of counter to some of the discussions we've had in that we've got a 3d enthusiast who's gone backwards because he loved the um the Riftforge orc so much yeah do you it, it is it's a frequent topic for us and a discussion yeah. point and like i had said to you we did a bit of a poll and lots of people are using it does yeah. Antic, um have any plans yeah. to embrace 3d printing in any form uh, well yes I, we do um, I think there's two things that we can see it doing. Um, there's, there's, we were talking about those units earlier that were hugely expensive because what we do is we've taken a plastic kit, added a whole chunk of resin to it. Mm. You then need 20 different, and I'd say, well, three heads on the front rank is fine. And everyone goes, no, if you're going to make them look different, you think, no, you're right, you do. Mm. So then you need 20 weapons. 20 heads, it's fiddly as hell, and then you want a horde of them, and we sell them in regiments or troops, so you need a 40, and they're 30 quid each, because it's 25 pounds, and the five for the resin, and believe me, we're losing money on the resin, I mean, people won't believe it, but the, you know, I, I, mean, I don't know if you saw my video about the ogres the other week, where the machine was running, and it dropped off, I'm going to do one of those for resin, many, many things will make a lot of sense, because instead of being able to stand here and move to there, and in that time we've got a 10 ogre sprues, um, and I'm going to have to walk all the way around Mantic HQ twice. 
and interviewed six different people and people then go, ah, okay, okay. So, um, so those type of things, I could, I'd love to see where we go. Hey, look, here's your left arm and your right arm and your head. And if you're old like me, you just you just pay some money and someone goes away and casts it for you in a in a dark and dungy room and you send it to me. But if you're young and funky and, and vibrant 3D printer, um, you know. So what I want to do is, I can't see a place where you don't, I don't, you want, you don't want my plastics. I think it's the boring bit on your printer anyway. You know, it's probably not going to be cheaper. You say, oh, it's totally free. You've got to buy the resin. (laughs) And once you've run that bed a hundred times or a thousand times, whatever it is, it's going to break and then you've got to buy it again. But so look, let me do the plastics. Let me bash those out to you. So take your ambush set for, you know, 30 quid, 40 quid, whatever it is, um, for 40 models, so a pound a model. And then if you want to convert a few of those, go, go print a better SDLs and suddenly you've got your 200 weapon option. You've got cool new heads. I want to put a f- nearly F-bombed. A nearly <laughs> F-bombed then. Uh, no problem. There. That's all right. Okay. I want standard bearers. I know they've got no game thing, but I want standard bearers. They look great. But I still want to put them back in the rules, but it adds complexity and I'm just old. But for goodness sake... Why would we put them on our units? Yeah. Okay, one of the things that gets compromised when you're making a plastic kit, but if you're printing on STLs, here's a load of flags. Whoa, yeah. Mm. Freehand painting, it looks magnificent. So I think we're, we're already committed to that. But once you go, look, let's get in here, I think we've got some funky things that we could do that are currently in resin that we could allow you to start printing and saying, look, you know, here's a release this month. You know the Alliance. You don't, you know, we, we our um, Snow Trolls are a monopose PVC kit. Um, if you want to go print those, here's a few alternative poses, you know. Yeah. And then you go, yeah, on the Northern Alliance kit, I bought the Mega Army or I bought the, the, the Ambush set twice and I want the conversions and I want the things and send that over to me. And I guess, so, like you say, because of the labour of the resin, that it might actually be more cost-effective for some of these right. resin and, and, for you to release an STL. And even if it's not... Well, and, and there's some that still want the resin, so we'll do it, but then we're not shipping it around the world. It's more economically viable. It's also more friendly you know, on the planet because we're not flying physical products around. So I think we can create a win-win out of there that can mm. help gamers you know, save air miles, carbon miles, um, produce... Nicer quality kits. There's a couple of worm riders that I think we did for the Empire of Dust that were too hard to put even into resin. They were just mm. beautiful models, but uncut upable because of yeah. the way they were done, and therefore we couldn't get them into resin. Uh, <laughs> you're damn right we are. Um, mm. That's an STL of Sir Ronnie Knight. Or, or a Ronnie the Bard, but in Titan Giant form. I definitely think Ronnie the Bard's going in the welcome pack. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, yeah. And then his heart won't break either. And, the, uh... mm. Mm. So I and I think we can also go you know, further. I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll get started. We'll get stuck mm. in. Um, we've got a kind of slightly mad idea that if it's, it, might, it might work, I'll come back on and talk about it in Jan or Feb with you. And um, mm-hmm. if, that, if that's cool with yeah. you, I'll, I'll come back and, and get excited then. Because I think at the moment, 
We can't see too far past the app. Other than the fact the answer is yes, we're going to do some stuff. That, yeah. that definitely we're going to do that army stuff, but I don't think that's going to be enough. I think we'll need to do more. Yeah. So, You'll start uh, dipping the toe in. Yeah. Mm. Yes. So what, what, one change that was in the book, uh, I love it. I'm not an Allies fan. Uh, allies are optional. What was the what was the impetus for the change? Simply to um, so deep down, although I'm obviously a terrible fascist, I'm a real hippie as well. And then um, one of my ideas is, well, you know, people will will build thematic armies, and you know, the dwarfs would, and that's why it's, it's good evil. You know, good neutral evil is humans will go, ogres will go with dwarfs, they'd hire them because they're mercenaries in effect, or humans. Can can be under the spell of a, a necromancer and a or, or or a dwarven king because they've got you know aligned interests, but necromancers and dwarves can't get on. But what it ended up allowing in competitive play was, hey, I've got this army, it's it's brilliant at this this and this, but it then has this weakness. I take these allies to remove that weakness. And therefore, I, I don't like it both because it allows slight gamesmanship. But even more, I think it ends up pulling everybody to the middle, which means I like the fact that some, my armies and my dwarves are slow. So what's the problem and how do I resolve it? Allies. <laughs> it, mm. it, it, it's a little bit simplistic and it's a little bit gaming. You know, you can, you, of course mm. you're going to do it. If you go to a tournament, you want to win. If we leave you a great big hole that says, come through here and solve all of your army's weakness, why wouldn't you? Mm. So I think just by just pushing it away a little bit, it means that when you play your legendary battle, and I say, hey, Matt, you've got a human army, I've got a, a dwarf army, and we want to obviously beat uh, you know, everyone else's crappy, rubbish, evil empire army, Let's ally. You can, but when awesome. you're turning up to clash, if your army's got a weakness, the rules committee's got it there for a reason, because you've probably also got some pretty powerful things somewhere else. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, one question that that has been asked a few times is that uh, obviously you're moving a bunch of stuff to Poland. That's awesome. Hard plastics. Um, have you looked at the uh, the, the Siocast stuff? That's taking the industry by storm and you know i, yeah, I know it's have, resin and all that stuff just talk to us about that yeah it's gonna fit in so we we actually have um so co cast if you think of metal and, and resin as a similar type of thing in as much as mold costs low production costs high and no economies of scale the more you make the more you know the it's 10p for one, it's 10p for 100, it's 10p for 1,000. Plastics, super high starting cost, but the more volume you get, that gets spread out because the actual shop cost is low. Um, what we're trying to get, particularly before we talk about the STLs, is if we put the core in here <laughs> and we can get them all in hard plastics, then it becomes almost uneconomic to print in STL, why would I? I'll just buy your hard plastics, which drives the volume through, and then I add my conversions, and I add my hero, and I add my the other things that aren't viable. 
And so the space that COCAS would live in, which is a medium tool cost, high production output, might get squeezed out. Or we might design another game that really looks good on COCAST and we go, okay, well, or, 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 or a unit type that's not enough for plastic, but it's far too much for resin. Um, it does have some limitations. That I, I think the quality's now got there, but it's taken a while. And the molds are relatively thin. So, for example, our Armada ships would have been a classic example where we didn't know how big Armada was going to be. We didn't want to invest in eight fleets in hard plastic. But I tell you what, you know, in resin, it stretched our resin team to beyond breaking. I was going to say it almost broke you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 16 yeah. hours a day, three yeah. months, uh, for th three solid months. Um, yeah, so, so COCAS would have been there. Now, whether the ships would have fitted in it, I don't know. So maybe then we'd have had to shrink the ships or anything else, but there's, there's other things. So on our radar, uh, looking at what the right project would be, and then we'll look at doing it. Um, I, I don't think the detail's quite as good as resin. Um, and I don't think it's as, quite as good as a perfect plastic set, but I think the quality now is very solid and um, yeah. certainly not to be sniffed at and something to be looked at. Let's talk, let's talk business for a minute. Obviously, you're in a very competitive market. Obviously, you got the, the the big gorillas in the room, but then you've got the smaller companies like Warlord and and uh, Infinity, and, and you got Fancy Flight with Legion and Atomic Mass Games, and we had a bunch of questions about that. But just kind of give us your perspective of how are you guys doing, and you know wh wh where are you stacking up, and you know what are you doing well, wh where do you need to improve, and, and how are you going to take that? Last time we talked, you had 27 people. Now you got 28, so you're moving up in the world. So how do, you, how do you take that next step? Well, yeah, I think I think we've got to deal with recruitment into Kings of War. I think it did very well through the pandemic because everyone finally got time to actually paint their armies, you know, and, and start a new army. But I don't think we did any recruiting. I think there was, you know, for universal battles, but all those wonderful events that Matt runs, you know, down at CanCon, which is CanCon, isn't it? Um, yep. Then people wander back and go, well, these guys are having a lot of fun, they have a lot of noise. What's going on here? Oh, that's Kings of War, mate. Mm. That didn't happen for two years. Mm. So I think we we stopped recruiting. And I think what's happened is we've got to double, double, double down on that. You know, we've got to really make sure. And that's why Ambush and this book and the app are all enablers to enable us to go, guys, this is a game. You've got to play it. It's great fun. And, you know, the U.S., going into the pandemic was absolutely on a tear with Kings of War. It was it was ripping it up, people coming up going, I've heard of this, I want to get into it. I mean, I've got an old armor army, I want to give it a try. I've got these three rules. It was going there. Um, and I think that's just lulled off. We've just got to get that momentum back. I'm hoping the book app and ambush will be a galvanizing effect for that. Um, he who shall not be maimed, Steve, it's probably going to pick up and start handling the Clash of Kings UK for us because I love what Matt's doing over there. And I love the US tournament scene, although I wish they'd all play with some more Mantic armies. Um, but I love the fact that it's very vibrant. They're getting on with it. They're there and we can dip in and help, but it's running itself and getting on with it. And I think in some ways that great flight between the US and UK was good fun. And we could get involved, but it also 
meant that the tournaments weren't all they were supposed to be because we don't have full-time tournament organisers, you know? And actually, there's a lot of very clever... Obviously, I'm not talking about Steve here, but a lot of clever <laughs> people out there uh, in the world who can, um, who can make that fantastic. And then we can come along and, and, and sprinkle some fairy dust. But the heavy lifting... Yeah. Yeah. So, so f- focus on the stuff that's really in your wheelhouse, basically. Correct. And I yeah. think that's coming out of the pandemic... We've got a few fun licensed things and Mantic board games. You know, we've got such cool connections now that we're getting licenses. We go, we need to make a game of that. It's not a war game. It's not a forever project. But, you know, we've got Streets of Rage. We have to do it. You know, it's got to be yeah, a cool. Right. Ooh, heard it here. How can we not do that? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's so the next one, is it? That's, that's post-Umbrella Academy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's down the line. Um, yeah. We've got as far as Japan at the moment, so we've kind of mm. agreed we're doing it. We've got a cool game, and then we've got it to Japan, and they've said, right, we need to understand what's going on here. We're like, yeah. what's well, a board game? Mm. What, like Monopoly? No, not like Monopoly. Mm. It's got a miniature. What? Like, That's so right. So I've got a lot of work to do there, but I think once they get it and they realise that it's, it's, it's going to be it's just a cool kind of scroll on 1980s punch them up. Mm. The game you play in the in the evening, you know, uh, yeah, Friday night before or while you're drinking beer, um, light fun card games. Cool. And we've got a few of those, you know. We've got uh, some of them are really cool, iconic stuff from our youth um, that, that I just can't wait to get out. Um, and we just need to kind of get back on that. Well, and oh, things like running the tournaments take away from that. Mm-hmm. We've done Dead Zone. We've got Firefight. They're all very very good. I need to kind of complete out the plan. And, you know, we're going to spend hundreds of thousands of pounds next year supporting those three game systems, you know. Um, so Matt needs to have a good run at them and time to do them and, um, you know, making sure people are super excited and super pumped so that they can um, go get them. So so dwarves have flyers in Armada. Yeah. Are going to see them in other systems like Kings of War? <laughs> well, but except your comment was specifically for Northern Alliance, Ronnie. Are you giving us a hint that it might go swing between armies? Well, that's what I think. So when we invented it, it was so. I mean, I'll tell you the process here, but we looked at the because you know the the Northern Alliance are all of the the rejects of the dwarf elf and mm. human Bunch race, losers, are, basically. Yeah, but. Um, Bunch of losers, basically. Bunch of losers, yes, okay. Yeah. That's one take on it, Matthew. And thank you for your contribution. Not quite all looking for But uh, then we looked, we thought, actually, if we did a hard plastic sprue with the uh, half elves and the berserker, that, that's got a thematic. And actually, if the humans are the clansmen, when they go out to fight, the kind of steady eddies, soak up the damage, stand there in the middle, stab things with their spears. That feels kind of human-y. And then the elves would be the kind of ninja killer diving in, double daggers, firing bows, running around, making a real mess of you while you can't really engage with them. That feels kind of elven. What would be dwarven? Flying. No. But anyway, somehow we decided to, to put dwarves on birds because crows would... And that was kind of cool. So we, we, we that, that's where we played around with, and I thought, well, actually, wouldn't that make a really cool 
visually interesting diorama vignette. Okay, yeah, right. Let's see where we can go with this. So suddenly this army's got its troops that are its main bulk and, and some fun with the heavy cavalry, with all the other things. What a wonderful army. It feels very thematic. It, it kind of get, harks back to the where they're living and how they are. And then let's really make sure it's fun to play. It's it's a first among equals army, you know. Mm-hmm. But if we've got dwarves on crows, why wouldn't we put them in the freedom wars? So fair. That well, yeah. that. well, given that given that the imperial dwarves won't exist, yeah, may as well be the freedom. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're locked in their minds. So, <laughs> so Ronnie, we we have all these games now. We have we have Dungeon Saga, and we have Vanguard, and we have Ambush. We've got Armada. We've got Siege Rules. When are we going to have that? I dare say it, General's Compendium <laughs> that yeah. ties it all together yeah. in a big campaign. Okay, yes, yes, yes. So we tried this. I mean, we did a bit of that this summer with the um, Armada angle on the summer campaign. What do you do? You, so I mean, that General's Compendium was written by the US studio. It was a great product. It was one of the few mm-hmm. products ever that wasn't made uh, in, in. It was great. Exotic. It was it was awesome. Yeah, it was really good. Um, and and I I hark back to it, I do like it. We we seem to have a thought in the office, and I don't know if this is true or not. That people only pay for rules, you know. So help is rift versus yeah. clash of king. You know that, uh, that. Yeah, that's a discussion we're having a lot recently. Is oh, Kings of War is only a competitive game, and I I disagree. There's there's a ton of people out there. They're all about their narrative. They don't care about wins and losses. They just want to show up and and just throw a bucket load of dice and wipe yeah. filthy whatever off the table. So. Yeah, I think yeah. unless that was unless that was an option for a digital only release. I mean, yeah, to, and then it, but interestingly, it's not a lot less work because if you have to format it, lay it out, PDF, you mm. might as well print it or anything. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, but it's the and it's the, it's the creative work that goes into it and the management time that'll take that to pull it together and and then so it's that and it's interesting because people say oh we're on the narrative but when you write background it can very quickly become a bit of a history book a bit boring. And actually, the far more memorable narratives is just creating cooler hummies like the Northern Alliance and then putting them into settings and then your brain starts putting stories together. You, And then if you get a summer campaign that people play in that strongly, and what we did in the past, we ended up going, here's a cool story. How do we force everyone else into it? Mm-hmm. And what having a first among equals armies might allow us to do is almost give everyone a year's notice that says, get one of these six, <laughs> get into one of these. Here's the heroes that you can ally with these for fun, but come join us, but we can't do everything for everybody on every army. We're going to look at the East. We're going to look at the West. We're going to look at the boats. Um, yeah. It's, it's how do we get the stories evolving? Cause you know, I like, I like the fact that there are, um, world progresses every time we do a new book and you know the abyss breaks if it loses it gets smaller if it wins it gets bigger it's on the map next time you get the book and I, and I love that it's how do we get more stories how do we get more you know Grom and Techis and Tyrians in there mm. um, and I, 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 I don't think I've got an answer to that one at the moment yet if okay. answers on a postcard please PM me <laughs> because um you know, we've got all the Celestians, we've got the 2,000 years of history, but it's now where the heroes are made. It's it's this point 
it's that vanguard game. It's your dungeon sagas that you play, you know, with your kids. Watch this space. Um, for that creates the stories that, that live with you and resonate with you. Mm. So we've we've focused a fair bit on Kings of War, Ronnie, and like before, you know, we start to look towards, I don't know how long we've got you for, but um, uh, Firefight's obviously been a very successful release for you guys. What's what's in the future for Firefight? Um, well, I mean, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just looking here on oh. the uh, Ooh, camera. What's that? You're showing so, a tip of something. Mm. That's a nice <laughs> excited. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you said it was fun to be. So no, I mean it's a full handful. So um, we've actually I've been, the, the thing that I've just you're going you not quite a global exclusive because I've shown it, but I've not I'm not digitally enhanced it yet. This is the first digital. We're going to do trees. I've never been so excited about trees in my Ooh, whole life. Trees, me, very nice. Because what I've realised is that, and I've done it for years, and everybody does it, we have these beautifully painted armies. Uh, we spend hours and hours and thousands of, uh, tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars building them. We often now have really quite nice neoprene mats. We sometimes have some nice buildings, maybe from three different suppliers that are all different shapes and sizes. Um, and then we go and get a couple of railway trees. <laughs> right. Right? Mm. Railway trees. Yeah. <laughs> they're not, they look like nothing else that's on the map. Doesn't look yeah. like any of the armies. Looks like you're in the Cotswolds, you know? Mm. Or in the Lake District. Mm. And, and that's the fantasy world we're living, is it? Yeah. And then... So this is your fantasy wood. Sci-fi, fantasy. Yeah. Um, I'm going to tell you through. Yeah, definitely very alien looking. It's cool. I like it. It's Yeah, and you can put water running down it. You can paint it different ways. This is me painting it the old-fashioned black. uh, It looks looks a bit modular too, Ronnie, that you could make it different sizes. Correct. And so um, there is another one that's in a similar theme. So this is in the same set. It's the Mushroom Weird Night Stalker. Sci-fi Legion world set, mm-hmm. both with a, a, a kind of thingy. But and now I've glued mine together because I'm an idiot, except this bit here. Um, you've got three pieces on each one. You've got no, it's glued on. You've got the base. You know it's yep. the base because it's the only bit with a flat bit. Mm. Okay. Then you've got the middle, and I've got a middle here, and you know it's a middle because it's got. A concave bit at the bottom, convex at the bottom, and concave at the top. So it goes on a one and has something else on top. And then you've got a topper, and you can tell it's a topper because it can't take anything on top. Yep. And then what's wonderful? Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, having rigid rigid trees that you can play with and drop, and and they don't lose their flocking, (laughs) right? And paint them up like like a theme, a thematic table. It's going to be a lot of fun. Is that Correct. the same material as uh, your your uh, trainscape? I mean, uh, terrain crate stuff. So it's, it's going to pop out. Yeah. So you're going to get this is five six inches tall, three pieces. Mm-hmm. Glue, glue. Thinking of putting little magnets slots in them, 
so people can magnetize them. So you can mm. pack them all away, put them back together, glue them together and have them finished. If you're a tournament organizer, you get all your terrain in one box, you know, paint it, varnish it, dum dum dum. But um this, so this goes this this middle piece can go on there. It doesn't awesome. have to go that way. But this, oh, nice. not only you get a big base, there's a small base. Mm -hmm. Small base, that's a middle. There's a top and there's a tree. But the small base can just take this top as straight as a bush. Yeah. Or yeah. a handle on a, on a unit base, right? You put it on the mm -hmm. corner, Correct. you got a cinematic base, yeah. and it's rigid. You can pick it up. You don't have to touch your beautiful models. Yeah. Fantastic. You can pull that in the corner, and it goes on your night stalkers. It's the best uh, one I've seen on camera for a while. For sure. For sure. Now, Ronnie, this is Kings of War, so, you know, woods have an area, right? Are you going to yeah. give us something to put it on, or... Correct. So in this case, what we're going to probably start with at this stage is the neoprene. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but we'll give you that. So you just go, and this is something that I learned when I played that huge big battle against Rob, because I, I spent ages, if you remember, building the terrain. That was my lockdown project. Mm -hmm. Right, it's daylight outside now, Matt. I know, I know. It won't be long <laughs> and I'll have to go to work. <laughs> Yeah, then yeah, you, you can, can see the gum end. trees in the back. Yeah, cool. so you showed me you showed me your wood, and I'll show you my bush. Oh, I like where you're going with this. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so at this point, and what I realised was I glued all the trees down; they kept falling over. And then when we came to actually fight and move through the trees, you couldn't move through them. So you pop these on your bit of neoprene, you take them off when you're doing it, and you put it back on again. We may well then upgrade those and give you MDFs. The set size and then you want jungle trees here's a base we know it's a base because it's flat here's a middle here's a topper oh i'm digging Ooh. that those are cool yeah those are, uh, those are unique know, those don't look like any other trees yeah those look oh oh yes is that like a yeah that's like a venus flytrap or something correct so you've got the jungle theme too uh you want to just different there you go it's just a straight base onto the topper oh man got, so you're gonna have Bushes, trees, large trees, middle trees. You build whatever you want. You paint whatever you want. You thematic. Just go straight on there. It's got like teeth. Exactly. Wow. What about hills? You start with woods. But what about hills and other pieces of terrain? One thing at a time. I haven't worked out hills yet. We're going to work those out for next summer. But um, <laughs> we've got uh, some oh, new yeah, sci-fi. No, That's why I've kind of segued. Because all of this is not just fantasy. This is absolute sci-fi. You know, this is, I want 40K players to, to, look at their gaming table and think, oh, shit, you know what? He's right. I need to buy some sci-fi trees. It, it, it's going to be my mission in life to destroy every um, tree, uh, <laughs> every tree, uh, every K&M tree that's out there. I'm going to just go and smash them on the floor when I see them, unless it's a, a green and pleasant halfling army. But we're going to have some. Um, and the cool thing about these is goes with our dead zone stuff because when you're playing dead zone, you have the buildings, you have the ruins, but the actual scatter, mm -hmm. the stuff that makes it look like Stalingrad in space, doesn't mm -hmm. isn't existing. Right. So we're going to do a whole pile of just cool Stalingrad space. Mm -hmm. But if you played a certain other game, and it's very important to know where the building starts and stops, you can put down one of our flat-edged pieces between your two back points and say that is the back part of the building. So thematically, your game still looks good, but you've solved the rules issue that kind of winds people up. 
Yeah. Yeah. You can put a what? corner piece and a wall piece. So we've got aesthetic use for nutters like me, but gaming use for, for, for those psychos that care about things like rules. <laughs> Circling back to Firefight Ronnie, I got to ask about Rebs when they coming. Uh, you know, Brian Novak will, will would shoot me if I don't ask. Yeah, no. Well, we've said so interestingly, we are talking to someone who's we might have some. Yeah, Rebs will get some feature, some some next year. It could be quite big if we can get this working with this new tooling guy. Because when you're doing a firefight army, you've got to do it all. And, you know, we've learned that with Kings of War. You can't mess around. If you're going to do it, let's do it. So, um, and, of course, the hardest army to do is the Rebs because what are they? You know, we can do, hey, there's some humans. There's some GCPF that have rebelled. That would feel fine, but yeah. boring. Terratons. There's so many aliens in that army. What do you put on the sprue, right? Correct. Yeah. And then you, do you do a sprue with five different aliens? <laughs> And run it ten times, and then do you theme the squads by Grogan, by Sphere, by Sorak, or do you actually mix them as they are in in um, in in Dead Zone? Well, actually, that doesn't necessarily. You know, you don't you don't take um, in Dead Zone <coughs> in firefight. You you take squads of heavy weapons. You take squads of of close combat. Um, so, so that, I think it would be kind of boring then if you if you put all of the races into their own things, or do you just make it all the sphere army? You know, we've talked about that, and just say, you know what, let's do sphere, and let's say this year the the, the equivalent of the Mandrake Rebellion is the sphere planet rebels, and they're going to be the Rebs. But then you don't get Terratons, and you don't get the so it's the, it's the most evocative and coolest army, and the hardest for us to get our head around mm-hmm. to. We're coming at it, and we're trying to work out how to do it, and we will work it out. But it's just we need a bit more information, and we need to to kind of you know, have a good plan to keep firefight. I think it kind of launched really well, and then it's hard to keep it in the public eye. And what we've got to do is kind of come back at it again and say, right, blow the dust off. We're going to have three months of firefight. You know, get your armies out. Let's get playing. And and you know, the critical to this is we don't want to be getting all the Kings of War players to play Firefight and therefore we just we want a load more people to come in and go I love sci-fi I love tanks I want to play this game and our audience doubles you know and, and our objective for the next three years is however many people are playing Mantic now we want twice as many and then twice as many again and I think if we can get there we're in a very exciting place awesome how about vehicles you, you mentioned tanks we're going to see Marauder Raptors in Firefight. Are we going to see more big stuff coming? I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this, but my my it, it, the, the the game I want to the the upgrade. So we're going to do a book next year, forces and all the good stuff and all the balanced stuff. But Panzer Faust, Panzer War. What I want to do is add a layer on top of um, Firefight because at the moment it's a tank and fifty infantry a couple of vehicles and 50 infantry and I'd love to make it nine tanks and 50 infantry or six tanks, three squads of three. Our tanks are lovely. They're easy to build. They're great fun. It's a far more interesting way of going from a thousand points to 2000 points. And I think it, it plays in a sci-fi kind of, you know, way. Then you can start having brigades of tanks 
that have command points and have um, special weapon upgrades that could be STLs. So you can print them yourself. So we sell packs of three tanks. And if you want the resin, here's the resin. And if you don't, just go and go and get your mate to 3D print them so you can do the upgrades and, and all the sandbags and all the other cool things that go on them. But now, how cool does that game look? Like now, mm-hmm. tanks, infantry taking the objective. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and then make the tanks more interesting again because at the moment they're a bit, they're on, they're dead. But actually, if we make it a tank game, so you can play tank and infantry or tanks with infantry, then the tanks can be, you take a load of damage on the left side, tracks are off half speed or you can't turn, you're now immobile, blah, blah, blah. And I think that would be mm-hmm. really cool. I think a unique space uh, for, a, you know, six by four gaming. And, and awesome. That, I, I'm very excited about that. So it's awesome. a challenge. For well, I know. We're, yeah. I know we're wrapping up here a little bit. Uh, we're coming to the end. We're running out of questions, but I, I do need to ask what's up with dead zone. What do you got planned? You got anything uh, coming for dead zone? Yeah. Well, actually what's nice now we can now dead zone firefight. will get the same book. You know, it's almost that dual cover. We probably won't be dual cover. They don't have a book and you can't put the barcode anywhere, but it'll be a split cover dead zone firefight. Here's the area we're looking at. So the Warpath Universe upgrades all come at the same time. They come in the same book. The app will obviously, you're going to have them in there. So having that, the Kings of War players, hopefully, quid. I've got the whole app. Go on, let me have a look at Firefight then. Let me have a look at Dead Zone then. But interestingly, Dead Zone sells week in, week out. You know, Mm. that is one of our, I know because the warehouse manager, there's two resin models and every single Monday, he comes in and tells me how many molds he's cast that week of those two models. So, um, you know, in, in a painful way that he's had to do it yet again. Can you please make them in plastic? Um, but he's it, it, chunking along. I think the word of mouth on Dead Zone is really solid. It looks beautiful. There's no other game that looks like it. It can go on your kitchen table. The Building the terrain is as much fun. You know, and the only thing it lacks is some great scatter. Well, that's going to get solved uh, in the very, very soon. Just a huge way you can literally throw it down. You want the barricade, you want that running up stuff. I think it's just missing that. Um, and so, yeah, well, and, and obviously getting a dead zone faction out is easier than getting a firefight faction out. So, if we do anything for a firefight, you've definitely got it for dead zone. But, yeah. um, Ronnie, do you think there's anything we haven't covered that you that you would like to talk to us about? No, I mean, I've, I've jabbed at you for an hour 45, so I'm sorry yeah, if I've been boring. I think, but I do have one final question. What's the okay, I'd love to come on again soon. So I will say yeah. that because there's a lot of cool things going on. And like I say, I was out of the loop for a year with Ops and just cleaning mm-hmm. up after the mess that was... You can um, come on any time, mate. One final question, Ronnie. Years. What's life like without Rob Berman? Oh, just, I mean, he's <laughs> such a total and utter... Um, it's it's a shame we loved Rob he was a lovely lovely guy Um, what was tough was at the end it was tough for him and that was tough for me to see because he's such a lovely guy you know Um, and I and I I think you know he'll take a little break and then he's going to be back in the room in some capacity because he loves our games and he loves what we do Mm. and I think he'll have a I often say to people you know what being in the real world and keeping this as your hobby 
Mm. It's quite a nice place to be. Um, when this is your job, it's what do you do in the foot? What do you do in the other town when you watch Man City? Because what else can you do? You know, um, <laughs> it's hard. And and actually, Rob managed that phenomenally, and he never took a break during uh, during the lockdown. You know, he and I, and, and a lot of the warehouse people just worked all the way through. Um, and I know people found furlough hard, but you know, keeping going and never getting a break. So lovely guy. I, I, he asked me to buy a game for him when he was at Essen for him and his kids to play. Um, so we miss him. We miss him because he's so enthusiastic. He was such good fun and good value. But as always, nature pulls a vacuum, and other people. Martin's like blossoming, and he's, he's taking on some of that uh, responsibility and, and getting on with it. And um, you know, Elliot's come in and he started whacking on the app, and, and he's just as crazy as uh, as Rob was in a different way. So there's, there's, there's things going on, and, and, and life moves on, and, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think we'll we'll still see Rob, but in the best way that he can just enjoy his hobby. Uh, for what Absolutely. It is. Well, Ronnie, I'll let Matt chime in here too, but thanks for coming on. Uh, it's been a delight. Thanks, uh, lots of interesting stuff that you probably, that Matt will probably email me later about. Uh, he wasn't supposed to say yeah, that. But, no, that's but a that's lie. A... We're not doing that. He yeah, agreed right. not to say that. Yeah, all coming. I'm going to get Matt Martin telling me off. Uh, but anyway, there you are. That's, that's the world according to Ronnie. The reality will be somewhat different. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, we're just in time. I'm starting to hear daddy from the monitor. Hey, yeah. Well, hey, what a wonderful thing to hear. All right. Thanks for joining us, Ronnie. And thanks to our watchers this time and our listeners who might tune into this later. And until next time, keep countercharging. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15 or by commenting on the Countercharge Kings of War podcast Facebook group. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.